The proxy war in Ukraine that is being fought between NATO and Russia looks very different from the perspective of the Global South. And the longest serving prime minister of Malaysia has publicly come out and criticized the West and said that the proxy war in Ukraine was caused by Europeans' love of war and hegemony. These were comments made by Mahathir Mohamed, the former longtime prime minister of Malaysia. He served as leader of the country between 1981 and 2003, and then he came back and he was prime minister again from 2018 until 2020. He wrote a very interesting Twitter thread, which I want to highlight here. He said, I hesitate to write this. I may be accused of apologizing for the Russians. I am not. I think the present war between Ukraine and Russia is caused by the Europeans' love of war, of hegemony, of dominance. So he made it clear at the beginning saying, look, I'm not defending Russia here, but we need to be honest about who started this war. And he talks about the history of NATO expansion and Western aggression against Russia. He says, Russia was the partner of the Western Europeans, including the US and Canada, in the war against Germany. So in World War II, the Soviet Union was an ally, but he said the moment Germany was defeated, the West declared that Russia, their partner, was their new enemy. And actually, I mean, it was even before Germany was defeated, before Nazi Germany was defeated by the Soviet Union, which lost 27 million people in World War II, whereas the US lost 400,000 people, a rounding error compared to the Russian casualties or the Soviet casualties because, you know, the Soviet Union had other constituent republics. So even before Nazi Germany was defeated, the West turned against Russia. And then Mahathir Mohamed said, so they prepared for war against Russia and NATO was set up to form a military alliance against Russia. Russia then set up the Warsaw Pact and a cold war ensued and the world had to choose between the West and the East. Now, an important detail that he's absolutely right about here. The Soviet led Warsaw Pact Security Alliance was created in response to NATO, not vice versa. Now, I went to public school in the United States and I distinctively remember in history class, my teacher falsely taught us that the, that NATO was formed in response to Soviet aggression and not vice versa. And we should keep in mind that, in fact, the Soviet Union asked to be part of NATO and NATO refused, of course, because everyone knows that NATO was formed as an anti-Russian, anti-Soviet alliance. And specifically, in 1955, West Germany was allowed to rearm, remilitarize and joined NATO. And the Soviet Union formed the Warsaw Pact in response to West Germany becoming part of NATO. So he's objectively correct in his history here, talking about NATO being an aggressive alliance. And here he continues. Mahathir Mohamed says, after the Russians disbanded the Warsaw Pact, which was 1991, and allowed the countries of the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics to leave the bloc, NATO did not disband. Instead, those countries, he says that they were under Russian hegemony. I mean, so we can see here, I would disagree with that framing a lot. They're actually now under US hegemony. 
But the point is that this guy is not, you know, like a, a pro-Russian sh Kremlin shill or whatever, right? Like he, he represents the opinion of many people in the global south who are ignored in Western media, despite the fact that they represent the majority of the world population. He says, instead, those former Soviet countries were urged to join NATO as enemies of Russia. The pressure against the weakened Russia was heightened. As the former socialist republics joined NATO and the threat against Russia heightened, Russia rebuilt its military capabilities and confronted the powerful Western alliance. Tension increased as NATO forces carried out exercises close to Russia. I would point out that, they, that NATO carried out military exercises on Russia's border in the Baltic states. In fact, a few weeks before Russia invaded Ukraine, Starting in January 2022, NATO was carrying out military exercises with 1,400 Western soldiers on Russia's border in Estonia, and it involved British, French, and Estonian troops. And the, the, they were military exercises called Winter Camp, and it involved live firing, anti-tank exercises, infantry, patrol, infantry patrols, and engineering tasks. And you can see a photo here from the NATO website showing them using tanks. So the NATO military exercises directly on Russia's border, border in former Soviet republics have never stopped, they've continued. So in his thread here, the former Malaysian prime minister Mahathir continues and he says, provoked Russia preempted with the invasion of Ukraine. That invasion can be interpreted as the start of the third world war. So he says that we're now in World War III. There is talk of using nuclear weapons. Already the world has to endure shortages of supplies due to sanctions against Russia and Russian retaliation. So he's saying that the Western sanctions are doing economic damage to countries. He says, even in countries like Malaysia, there are shortages and inflation. And he says, it is important that the country prepares contingency plans to deal with what may be the beginning of the Third World War. And I should point out that also Mahathir, the former longtime prime minister of Malaysia, he also talked about how the U.S. is trying to start a war with China. And he, he says that the U.S. is carrying out provocation in the Far East. A visit by a high U.S. official to Taiwan, he's referring to Nancy Pelosi, who was the, the third in succession for the presidency as the Speaker of the House of Representatives. She no longer is, but she was at the time. He says that Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan, which is part of the People's Republic of China, caused an increase of tension between China and Taiwan. Both are arming and the U.S. has sold a lot of weapons to Taiwan. So, I mean, he says that China is becoming more belligerent, but I mean, again, I would disagree with that characterization. It's, it's defending itself against Western aggression. But the point is that this is the former longtime prime minister of Malaysia. He's not a Russian shill. He's not a Chinese shill. He's not working for the Kremlin. He's not working for Beijing. He represents the opinion of many people in the global south who are ignored in Western media. And I always come back to this map. It shows the countries that have imposed sanctions on Russia over the proxy war in Ukraine. And you can see that it's the West and Japan and South Korea, which are militarily occupied by the US and have been since the 40s or 50s. It's the US, Canada, Europe, 
Australia, Japan, and South Korea. Those are the only countries that have imposed sanctions on Russia. They represent 13% of the global population. 87% of the, the global population, which is in the global south, is neutral. They do not support this war, and they certainly don't support war on China either. And I should point out that when Mahathir was prime minister of Malaysia, he was not a, an extremely pro-China politician in scare quotes. He represents the position of many people who want to have an independent, non-aligned policy. He was, in fact, a leader of the non-aligned movement. And there are other political factions in Malaysian politics that are more pro-China. He's not anti-China, but he, he was, represents the kind of neutral faction. And despite that, he can see clearly, like most of the people in the world, that the U.S. is responsible for not only the aggression against Russia, but also against China. And back in August, he did an interview with the Associated Press, and they published it under the headline, Malaysia's Mahathir says U.S. seeking to provoke war in Taiwan. They say, former Malaysian Prime Minister Mahathir Mohamad accused the U.S. of trying to provoke a war in Taiwan. They know he's a longtime critic of the West and its geopolitics. He warned that the U.S. was antagonizing China through recent visits to Taiwan by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and others. And then he said, quote, China has allowed Taiwan to remain by itself. No problem. They didn't invade. If they wanted to invade, they could have invaded. They didn't. But America is provoking them so that there can be a war so that the, the Chinese will make the mistake of trying to occupy Taiwan, he said. And can you believe he's 97? It's incredible. <laughs> uh, it still seems like he's in pretty good health. He's still doing politically active. So then he said, another key point. Then there is an excuse for the U.S. to help Taiwan even fight against China and sell a lot of arms to Taiwan. So the U.S. military industrial complex is making money by trying to provoke this war by supporting separatists in Taiwan, despite the fact that the U.S. on paper in the three communiques it signed with China in the 1970s to normalize relations claims that it recognizes that Taiwan and China are the same country. And basically, on a weekly basis at this point, the U.S. is militarily threatening China in order to try to support Taiwanese separatists. The U.S. already has troops in Taiwan that it sent to the island, and the U.S. has been selling billions of weapons, billions of dollars worth of weapons to Taiwan Island. And as recently as February 27th, the U.S. threatened China once again. This is a report in Reuters. China says U.S. endangered peace with Taiwan straight fly-through. China accused the United States of endangering peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait after a U.S. military plane flew through the sensitive waterway. So can you imagine China sending through its warplanes the Gulf of Mexico right off the coast of the United States? This is, this is what the U.S. constantly does to China, threatening China, right off of its own coast, in a territory that is part of China, supporting separatists in Taiwan, constantly threatening China in the South China Sea. Now, Mahathir Mohamed, the Malaysian former prime minister, is a very interesting guy. He has been a longtime critic of Western warmongering foreign policy. And back in 2007, he created a war crimes tribunal that focused on 
trying Western government officials for war crimes. And he said that he lamented that the International Criminal Court was biased against the Global South and biased in favor of Western governments. So he said that he wanted to create a tribunal to try President George W. Bush and other war criminals. He said, quote, they will go down in history as war criminals. It was called the Kuala Lumpur War Crimes Commission. Kuala Lumpur is the capital of Malaysia. And, and he said that the war crimes tribunal was focusing on crimes committed in Iraq, Palestine, and Japan, specifically about the nuclear attacks that the U.S. carried out that liquidated 200,000 Japanese civilians. He said the crimes that have been committed in Iraq, Palestine, and Japan have not been given a hearing. It is time we set up a body which will give these people an opportunity to complain. Now, finally, before I conclude here, I want to briefly look at an interview that I discussed in a previous video and podcast in which I discussed Mahathir Muhammad. Again, this guy is not a revolutionary. He's not a socialist. He, he's a nationalist. He wanted to govern on behalf of Malaysia and do what was in the best interest of the Malaysian people and his country. And he has been not only a critic of Western foreign policy, but also Western neoliberal economics. He's, he's a very interesting guy. And he did this interview with PBS, U.S. state media, back in 2001. So this is, you know, right. This is at the peak of U.S. unipolar hegemony. This is before 9-11. And he talked in this interview, he talked about capitalism's true self. And he said, once communism was defeated, then capitalism could expand and show its true self. It's no longer constrained by the need to be nice so that people will choose their so-called free market system as opposed to the centrally planned system. So because of that, nowadays there is, nowadays, there is nothing to restrain capital and capital is demanding that it should be able to go anywhere and do whatever it likes. And the interviewer said to Mahathir, you also said that capitalism can be linked to the new imperialism. Instead of bombs, instead of nuclear warheads, capital is the new weapon. And Mahathir said, in the old days, you needed to conquer a country with military force, and then you could control that country. Today, it's not necessary at all. You can destabilize a country, make it poor, and then make it request help. And in exchange for the help that is given, you gain control over the policies of the country. And when you gain control over the policies of a country, effectively, you have colonized that country. So he's talking about how capitalism has created neo-colonialism. This is exactly what the socialist leader of Ghana, Kwame Nkrumah, talked about in his book, uh, Neo-Colonialism. Neo the high stage of imperialism, and, and then he was overthrown in 1966, a year after writing that book in a CIA-backed coup that installed a right-wing uh, dictatorship. And then the interviewer asked about free market libertarian policies, and Mahathir said, if they are left unregulated, then they will profiteer, because the market is all about making profits, as much profit as possible, and they will do anything in order to increase their profits. One thing companies will do is to become monopolies. If they could monopolize something, they could corner the market, then they can enrich themselves. What happens to people that is irrelevant to them? They are not in the business of attending to the social needs of people. 
They are only thinking about their profit. And if you allow the market to go free, unregulated, then the world will face monopolies of giants who will not care at all what happens to people. You reach the stage of monopoly, you don't have to bother because whatever you produce, people have to buy anyway. That will lead to a deterioration in the quality of things. So it is not true at all that a free market will ensure a democracy. It does not. And he called for a balance between the market and social benefits. So again, he's not Fidel Castro, he's not a socialist, but he's an interesting nationalist politician. And his nationalism is also rooted in an idea of Islamic welfare. And he represents the opinion of many people in the global south. I would say, I would venture to say a majority of people in the global south. They're tired of Western wars. They're tired of imperialism. They're tired of hegemony. And they don't want to be ordered around by the Western colonial powers. That's why they have been completely independent and neutral in this proxy war in Ukraine. And that's why Mahathir wrote this Twitter thread criticizing the West, saying that the present war in Ukraine was caused by Europeans' love of war, of hegemony, of dominance. And I think the scariest thing that he said, which we should leave with here, is he argued this could be the beginning of World War III. I hope he's wrong, but that's also a view that many people in the Global South are worried about, and they are suffering economic consequences because of it already. So with that, I'm going to conclude. As always, in the description below, I have the link to an article at geopoliticaleconomy.com and you can access all of the sources that I discussed today in this analysis and check it out for yourselves. I'm Ben Norton, and this is Geopolitical Economy Report. Thanks a lot for watching or listening.